Hello, this is Alert, radio for people who want to change the world. I'm Michael Welch. Ashley Titterton is off this week. We come to you from our broadcast studio at 8CJUM in Winnipeg, and we welcome listeners tuning into our show online or from our affiliated campus and community radio stations across Canada. The week of March 8th is being commemorated nationwide as Israeli Apartheid Week, a week of events which raise awareness of what are termed apartheid-like policies being directed toward Palestinians in Israel and Israeli-occupied land. On today's program, we will be speaking to IAW organizers in Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, and Halifax to see what kinds of activities they have planned for the week. As well, March 8th marks International Women's Day. We will speak with Montreal-based Tess Tessalona about this special occasion and what is being planned in her city. First, here are the alert headlines for the week of March 8th. Teachers in British Columbia walked off the job on Monday in protest against new education legislation that, if passed, would reduce working and learning conditions in public schools and abolish the collective bargaining process. Under Bill 22, the government would appoint a mediator for negotiations who would be bound by a net zero figure for wage and benefits settlements. Bill 22 would also make strike action an offense punishable by significant fines. The teachers' union could be fined as much as $1.3 million a day. A backbench Conservative Member of Parliament is blaming Elections Canada for the robocalls in last May's federal election that harassed voters and misinformed them of polling station locations. While Saskatchewan MP Maurice Velicott blames flawed voting lists and outdated voter information, protesters in Vancouver demonstrated on Monday calling for a public inquiry of a scandal that amounts to electoral fraud. The Toronto Star reports that, contrary to the party's previous claims, 14 Conservative MPs used U.S.-based calling company front porch strategies, including Peterborough MP Dean Del Mastro, who last week accused the Liberals of using calling companies in the United States. Leaders from Kichinumekusib Inunuwug, or KI Indigenous Nation, are in Toronto this week protesting against the world's leading mining exploration convention, PDAC. They demand that mining company God's Lake Resources Incorporated stop prospecting for gold on sacred burial grounds in the KI homeland in northwestern Ontario. Ontario Mining Minister Bartolucci has indicated that GLR plans to explore on KI homeland this month. KI gained national attention in 2008 when six of its leaders were jailed for opposing mining company Platinex. Thousands of protesters demonstrated in Moscow this week chanting, Russia without Putin, after allegations sprang up that Vladimir Putin's third presidential victory was the result of electoral fraud. On Monday, riot police clashed with protesters, making dozens of arrests and detaining hundreds. International observers, such as the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, say Putin 
had no real competition and unfairly benefited from substantial government spending on his campaign. This is the second recent claim that connects Putin to electoral fraud. His United Russia party padded their results by ballot stuffing in last December's parliamentary elections. American radio show host Rush Limbaugh called a Georgetown University law student a slut and a prostitute for testifying before Congress in favor of including birth control in her school's health coverage. As of Monday, Limbaugh's show lost nine advertisers, including AOL, prompting a forced and insincere apology. Vote Vets, a group of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, issued a letter to the Armed Forces Network urging them to drop the show after they announced they intend to continue carrying Limbaugh's program. Royal Dutch Shell launched a preemptive lawsuit against environmental groups they believe will oppose and try to delay their drilling of exploratory wells in the Arctic Ocean this summer. The giant oil company is seeking to have the court rule that the U.S. government followed federal law when it approved their oil spill response plan in preparation for their upcoming drilling. At the same time, Shell filed a separate suit against the Greenpeace activists who occupied a drilling rig near New Zealand for four days. The U.S. House passed a bill last week that would seriously limit citizens' abilities to protest or merely express dissent. The bill, H.R. 471, makes it an offense to disrupt or protest at an event where key government officials are present or nearby, would increase the power given to Secret Service agents, and make it a criminal offense to trespass on restricted buildings and grounds. While the bill is purported to add protection services to the president and vice president, many believe it is an attempt to silence the dissent growing from the Occupy movement. Those were the alert headlines. Now for Around the Left for the week of March 8th. For those in Vancouver on March 12th, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., join the Boycott Israeli Apartheid Campaign for Resistance, Culture, and Evening of Spoken Word, Poetry, and Art. Art, culture, poetry, and performance are a part of the struggle for liberation, reflecting its creative potential, insisting on existence in the face of genocide, colonialism, occupation, and imperialism, speaking truth to power, and tearing down apartheid walls. The event will take place at Interurban Gallery at 1 East Hastings Street. For those in Winnipeg on March 15th, Head over to Mondragon Bookstore and Coffee House at 91 Albert Street at 7.30 p.m. to hear Eve Engler speak about his new book, Lester Pearson's Peacekeeping, The Truth May Hurt. The book is a critical examination of Pearson's work, exposing him as an ardent cold warrior who backed colonialism and apartheid in Africa, Zionism, coups in Guatemala, Iran, and Brazil, and the U.S. invasion of the Dominican Republic. Eve Engler has been called one of the most important voices on the Canadian left today, and his books have been praised by Naomi Klein, Noam Chomsky, Rick Salutin, and others. Sponsored by Peace Alliance Winnipeg, the event is free, but donations will be collected to help defray expenses. For those in Toronto, 
join the Ontario Coalition Against Poverty, OCAP, and allies for a march and rally on Friday, March 16th at 12 o'clock in the lead-up to the 2012 provincial budget. The McGuinty government has hired former head of the TD Bank, Don Drummond, to propose and provide the basis for massive social cutbacks in their 2012 budget. It is being drafted as the provincial component of the austerity agenda that is gathering force across Canada and internationally. We have to stop the cuts and fight for what poor and working people need. For more information, email ocap at tao.ca, visit www.ocap.ca, or search for OCAP's Facebook group. Ever since the monopoly of the Canadian Wheat Board has been rearranged, the Harper government has been drastically trying to pull Monsanto into the prairie wheat market with pressure from the United States government. Other concerned citizens are gathering to protest all around the world next month. On March 16th, from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. in Winnipeg, Occupy Monsanto at the Monsanto Canada Incorporated head office located at 900-1 Research Road at the University of Manitoba. A unique phenomenon in the U.S. and the world, Left Forum, convenes the largest annual conference of a broad spectrum of left and progressive intellectuals, activists, academics, organizations, and the interested public. The conference is held each spring in New York City and will take place this year from March 16th to 18th at Pace University. This year's theme is Occupy the System, Confronting Global Capitalism. For more information, visit www.leftforum.org. In Vancouver, unceded Coast Salish territories, come join a community march against racism to mark the International Day for the Elimination of Racism on March 21st. The Vancouver March will actually take place a few days earlier on March 18th, beginning at 2 o'clock p.m. at Clark Park at Commercial and 14th, and will end at Grandview Park at Commercial and Charles. Collectively, join friends and allies around the world to mark this day and to speak the truth about racism. We know of the historic injustices this country was founded on, and today we urgently need a renewed anti-racist consciousness as examples of institutional racism abound. There will be family-friendly festivities. Bring your neighbors, banners, and drums. For more information, email noonesilegalvancouver at noii dash V-A-N at resist.ca. On Saturday, April 7th, in Winnipeg, the Canada-Palestine Support Network presents Dance Down the Wall 7, an event to help raise funds for humanitarian aid and relief efforts in the Gaza Strip and elsewhere in Palestine. Dance Down the Wall will take place from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. at Low Pub at 330 Kennedy Street and will feature music by DJ Co-op, Clash, and Cooks, and others. Admission is $10. For more information, search for the event page on Facebook or email canpalnetwinnipeg at yahoo.ca. Israeli Apartheid Week is being held in cities and towns across Canada. 
This is an annual event that allows activists and organizers throughout the country to highlight what they see as the injustices perpetrated daily against the Palestinian population of the region. Defenders of Israel, including representatives of the three major Canadian political parties, have scorned the use of the term apartheid to describe the current political dynamics at work in Israel. These characteristics have dogged attempts to hold IAW events in some places. Nevertheless, IAW has been underway in several Canadian cities. One of them is Winnipeg. And to tell us more about uh, the events that have been taking place here in the city of Winnipeg is Chris, who is the Winnipeg co-chair of the Coalition Against Israeli Apartheid. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. Okay, so why, why don't you tell us, uh, give us some of the highlights of uh, what's been taking place uh, over this week? Uh, well, here in Winnipeg, we have uh, pretty much a full week of events. Uh, WCI, which is the organization I'm part of, uh, is working in collaboration with Students Against Israeli Apartheid uh, at both the U of M and the U of Winnipeg uh, campuses uh, to bring these events out. Um, so we have events ranging from kind of a, a basic introduction to apartheid, you know, apartheid 101. Uh, all the way up to conversations about how it relates to colonialism and apartheid here in Canada uh, with the Indigenous population, as well as looking at how boycott, disvestment, and sanctions can be an effective tool at combating apartheid, uh, and also looking at the the connections between uh, queer and feminist organizing uh, with the issues at hand. Okay. Uh, are there any particular speakers of note? Uh, yeah, we have Mustafa Henway from... Uh, uh, from Montreal, from a sister organization called Tadamon. Uh, we also have uh, a Dr. Dalit Baum from uh, from Israel, uh, who's living in the United States now, but is Israeli, uh, who is speaking on, is part of the whoprofits.org website, uh, which looks at kind of behind the scenes of the corporations that benefit from uh, apartheid, uh, and kind of looks at, well, who's profiting from this, who's benefiting, and who can we target for uh, boycott dis, uh, and disvestment uh, campaigns. Mm -hmm. Is there anything uh, specific about Winnipeg uh, in particular that uh, is noteworthy in the context of this uh, larger struggle? Uh, well, I think Winnipeg was a bit behind the scene on uh, kind of being part of, of uh, the IAW organizing, but we've certainly caught up in a big way. Um, this is the third year in a row we've had IAW on uh, Winnipeg campuses. Uh, so last two years was at the U of W and the past three years at the U of M. Uh, and we've seen, you know, uh, decent turnouts, good, uh, good interested speakers, interesting speakers, good interested uh, participants coming out, lots of media attention, uh, and it's basically just brought more of a spotlight on what's happening uh, Israel-Palestine. Okay, well, looking back the last couple of years, uh, has there been any controversies or, or any other challenges uh, worthy of note in terms of putting on an event like this? Certainly. Uh, we've had everything from... Attempts to have our uh, the tables that we've had set up taken away to our rooms not being, uh, the rooms we've booked not being allowed to us, uh, complaints about posters we've used for events. Uh, luckily, both institutions have actually been pretty, uh, pretty reasonable in terms of, of resisting these obvious attempts at, uh, you know, silencing freedom of expression. Uh, and both administrations at both universities have, have taken strong stands, the U of M more so, but both institutions have certainly uh, not kind of gone down the road of a lot of other universities 
have in terms of uh, squashing free speech. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else uh, maybe distinguishing this particular year in terms of, you know, f- as opposed to previous years? Well, I think this year the big focus is on boycott, disvestment, and sanctions. Uh, so we have a, a, a big panel speaker or a big panel uh, conversation happening Wednesday uh, this week. Uh, talking about uh, boycott, disfection, and sanctions and, and as an effective organizing tool. Uh, we're looking at, since the founding of the Winnipeg Coalition Against Israeli Apartheid uh, last year, uh, we're trying to uh, bolster our efforts in this area in Winnipeg and really get a good campaign going. And this is part of that conversation mm-hmm. and getting to that point where we can really have uh, an effective uh, an effective movement uh, sparking something uh, concrete and, and broad-reaching here in Winnipeg. Is there a, a quick uh, website or uh, sure. other resource that people can get more information? Uh, two great places to check would be the IAW website, so apartheidweek.org. Uh, you can find lots of information about the IAW there. Uh, you can also come to the Winnipeg Coalition Against Israeli Apartheid website, which is wcaia.ca. Chris, thank you very much for uh, sharing that information with us. Thanks for having me on. And uh, Chris is a Winnipeg co-chair of the Coalition Against Israeli Apartheid, and he is helping to organize IAW events in Winnipeg. Joining us now from Halifax is Noor Awad. She is one of the uh, organizers of uh, Israeli Apartheid Week events in uh, that city. So welcome to Alert Noor. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. So so tell us uh, maybe some of the highlights uh, of uh, Israeli Apartheid Week out there yeah. in Halifax. Well, we're having a really bunch of great events, actually, and we tried to mix them up to make sure we have a little bit of everything uh, we started yesterday. Our first event was a film screening. It was a documentary called Israel versus Israel. It's a very interesting uh, documentary about four different uh, Jewish Israelis who want to basically help the Palestinians and they're fighting against the occupation. Uh, tomorrow we actually have a video lecture uh, featuring Carlos Latouf. Uh, he's very famous. Uh, for He's a political cartoonist, very famous for supporting the Palestinian cause and the Middle East in general. So he's a big icon for a lot of people. Um, he, he uses his art to basically help the Palestinians, and he puts them out there for free. So we're very honored to actually have him in one of our events, and he's going to be video conferencing us, talking about his career, taking questions and answers. Um, and then on Friday, we have a, a workshop called Pink Wash, Deconstructing Pink Imperialism, and it's uh, actually organized by the Halifax Queers Against Israeli Apartheid, and they're bringing uh, a guy called Evan Cool, who's going to be basically facilitating this workshop. And we're going to be like, we're going to look at basically Israeli politics and how to analyze their PR and their advertisements and their corporate positions and foreign policy statements. So it's very interesting for people as well who are just generally interested in, um, you know, how the media and journalism affects them and how it shapes things. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting three-hour workshop. And then on Saturday, we decided to take things on the lighter side and have a cultural event. So we're holding uh, a night called Artists for Palestine and Open Mic in a Palestinian restaurant called Jerusalem Cafe. We're going to have, you know, a three-course Palestinian dinner, and we're going to have an oud player, uh, poetry, spoken word. We're going to have embroidery workshop. So it's going to be a cultural night instead of, you know, just politics and just just make it a little bit more lighthearted. And we're going to end it with, on Tuesday, March 13th, a personal story by Dr. Ismail Zayed, who's going to tell his story about Canada Park. 
Um, and basically, it's related to when the IDF raised, uh, raising in 1967 of the Palestinian villages of Beit Nuba, Yalo, and Imwas, which mm-hmm. subsequently created Canada, Canada Park by the taxes that were paid by Canadians. How many years have you uh, marked Israeli Apartheid Week in Halifax? Well, this is, it's actually my first um, Israeli Apartheid Week in Halifax. I just uh, I moved here about a year and a half ago, so it's my first uh, official Israeli Apartheid Week. And um, I think this is the second one for Halifax, though, officially. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, any particular controversies or, or challenges from uh, last year? Yes, uh, I have heard, like, we're very lucky this year because we didn't get a lot of problems as much. But then again, we did play it safe from the aspect of we didn't really announce where we were tabling our information. So we, we tried to kind of not make ourselves out there so people don't know. But last year, because they had announced their locations and where they're going to be tabling and all of that, what they did have is that they had people come in from, I I guess maybe, I'm not sure who they were, like I don't want to exactly say someone or or accuse anyone, but people were coming in and blocking uh, the people who were trying to give out information about the event, and they were giving out uh, pro-Israeli leaflets and basically trying uh, trying to get the crowd first and basically intimidating the people who are actually organizing Israeli Apartheid Week. So I know, like, last year was uh, much worse than uh, the year before as well, but this year we've been lucky is that we didn't really have anything. I mean, people would give us, they would stare, they would um, maybe give us a dirty look. You know, one guy walked by and said we were disgusting twice, um, but no, no, nothing really hostile. Um, and, you know, we tried, you know, we tried to pick, the locations that would be, you know, maybe friendly to the event. So, like, for example, by picking Jerusalem Cafe, we avoided having someone backing out because that happened last year. Someone backed out of the location and said they didn't want to give it to us after finding out, but they ended up working it out, and they did They did end up having the location eventually. But when, people, when, they found, when the owner found out what was the event for, he backed out for a while. Okay, so, Noor. Well, uh, we want to thank you very much for sharing those details with us. Uh, is there a, quickly a, a, a website or some other resource that people there can is. turn to? There is. If you go to uh, HTTP, uh, obviously, uh, colon, slash, slash, Halifax, palestine.blogspot.com, and you find all the information there. We, we're always updating it. You can find us on Facebook, Israeli Apartheid Week for Halifax 2012. You know, we're always active there. We're always updating information. We, all, we even like tweet using our account sometimes, so you can find us when you hashtag IAW or, I, or Halifax. Noor Awad, thank you for being our guest on thank you so much. Alert. And that was Noor Awad. She is a Halifax-based organizer for the Israeli Apartheid Week events happening out there. And joining us now from Montreal is uh, Samuel Bick, who is organizing the um, Israeli Apartheid Week activities out there. So, uh, Samuel Bick, you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the highlights of Israeli Apartheid Week out there in Montreal. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I think we have several bigger events and uh, other ones that might not draw as many people. I think we're all pretty excited about tonight's event with uh, Frank Barat who is a member of the Russell Tribunal on Palestine. He's going to come give us a little or talk to us about his experiences uh, with the Russell Tribunal. Tomorrow at McGill, uh, Pramila Nadeesan, who's a prof at CUNY, is coming to talk uh, with around uh, the issues of women and gender in Palestine. 
Uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, on Monday, uh, journalist and professor Bassam Haddad is coming to talk about the Syrian uprising and the questions of resistance in Syria, uh, kind of broadly discussing what is going on in Syria with regards, and, and also kind of linking the resistance in Palestine. That would and be last, Monday the 12th? Monday the 12th, yes. And on Tuesday the 13th, we are co-producing an event with the 2110 Center for Gender Advocacy uh, to have our, our closing panel, which is titled Systemic Violence Against Indigenous Women. And Mohawk activist Janie Jameson Cook is coming to talk, as well as an activist, a Palestinian activist from Ottawa named Yafa Jafar. Sorry, Yafa Jarar. Apologies <laughs> to Yafa. Um, and yeah, so I think those are the kind of the four major events. We're also having a workshop on pink washing on Thursday at uh, UCAM, which is currently on strike. So, or most of UCAM is on strike, so we're excited about hoping to get a bunch of students who are on strike uh, to come talk about issues of pink washing and, and the state of Israel. And yeah, so that, those are kind of just some of the events that are happening. Okay, well, that's very interesting, uh, especially the, the student uh, strike aspect of it. Uh, could you talk about uh, some of the past controversies? Uh, you've uh, no doubt been organizing IAW for a number of years now. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I want to word this in the right way. I think people get, people have problems with the analysis of apartheid. I think in within the context of grow, the growing BDS movement, people feel increasingly uncomfortable with boycott, divestment, sanctions. Um, uh, well, could you maybe speak about a sp- any specific incident that stood out in terms of uh, resistance to uh, IAW? I mean, okay, I mean, there's there's often letters in, or, or, or articles in student newspapers. People sometimes come to disrupt events, ask, uh, start yelling at the beginning of events or yelling during the question and answer period. I've actually only been involved for two years, and so this would be my second year. And last year, there was one instance where someone got up and started screaming. But I think in general, we've gotten kind of public, uh, like kind of public in terms of through the media or events being held on campus. Like this year, there's a big push to have uh, something to the effect of like Israeli peace week, or I'm I'm not entirely sure, but it's 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 a product of Hasbara um, on campus, and uh, so it's not. Hasbara being the local defenders of Israel, I guess. Um, no, Hasbara is kind of a, an initiative based in Israel that kind of exists on different campuses across North America. Um, but Hasbara is often linked with Hillel, for example. Um, but so, I mean, we have been fortunate to not have as uh, direct confrontations as I think other cities across Canada may have had. But I, but there's still organizing that's going on in opposition to it. If that's a more fair assessment, then yeah. Okay. Um, if people want to know more about uh, what's happening uh, there in Montreal, uh, where is there a website, or where would you suggest they go for more information? Sure. Uh, there's a website. It's www.iwmontreal.org. And or if you want to search in French, "Semaine contre l'apartheid." Semaine contre l'apartheid. And we're also on Facebook, so if you just, I mean, <laughs> uh, if you just check in uh, on the search bar, Semaine contre l'apartheid, it's the first thing that comes up, and there's a list of all the events. Okay. Samuel Bick, thank you for joining us and uh, for sharing that information with us. Oh, thank you. And, uh, Have a great day. Yes, you as well. Samuel Bick has, is a uh, 
organizer of Montreal uh, events around Israeli Apartheid Week. Joining us now from Toronto to tell us a little bit about uh, what they have planned in uh, their city is Reem Farah. She is an organizer with Students Against Israeli Apartheid. So welcome to the show, Reem. Um, could you, you Could you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the highlights of what you have planned for Israeli Apartheid Week in Toronto? Well, the week starts today, tonight, um, in a couple of hours, and... Um, it's a really exciting week because we have exceptional speakers and events. Um, first on the list is, is tonight, Dalit Baum, who is a feminist professor in Israel who founded, um, who profits from the occupation. Um, so she will be talking about the economic mappings of apartheid. Um, then we have a women's in resistance um, event talking about the Arab uprising um, and how they relate to the campaign for boycott, divestment, and sanctions uh, with Dina Gamil and Nahla Abdo, who are Arab scholars and activists. We also have um, um, a cultural and academic boycott panel with Remy Kanazi, who is a beautiful contemporary poet and human rights activist. Um, and a people's interrogation of law and human rights with Frank Barat, who was on the pa- Palestine Russell Tribunal, um, as well as Faisal Baba, who was on the Tribunal for Human Rights of Ontario. Um, the week will finish with, uh, it'll end with a um, rhymes for, ex- uh, for existence and resistance with Rami Kanazi um, and the First Nations band uh, Red Slam, as well as some other um, exciting uh, creative showings and presentations. Reem, could you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the opposition that you might be facing there on the university campus? Well, it's always difficult um, because it, there is a general rhetoric against Israeli Apartheid Week, um, but this year we haven't we haven't um, confronted a lot of institutional or structural challenges, um, but we always have we always confront general uh, rhetoric against us, um, and but it's it's basically a matter of um, people always shying away from this this conversation of Israeli apartheid um, on campus um, because. They may think that it's controversial and demanding when it actually is is very normal and um, inclusive, um, and it spreads very um, um, anti anti racist and, and anti occupation um, demands, which is very um, normal and non violent mm-hmm. and non radical. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, you mentioned in, in past years, uh, maybe is there any particular incident that stands out uh, as being uh, one of the more challenging? Well, yes. Last year uh, we had, we were, we, we had um, problems even booking rooms for the, for the event, and um, that extremely stunts our, our capability and, and our capacity to raise awareness. 
this year, one of uh, one of our speakers uh, was not guaranteed, was not did not uh, get a visa to to come here, um, and um, yeah, it is it is a it is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Before you leave, is there a, a website or other uh, resource you could tell us, our listeners, for more information? Yes. Um, it's apartheidweek.org, www.apartheidweek.org. You can uh, click on any city that you, are, that you are in, and please come out. Okay. Reem Farah, thank you very much for sharing those details with us. Thank you for having me. And Reem Farah is a uh, student organizer with uh, the Students Against Israeli Apartheid, as she's based in Toronto. March 8th marks International Women's Day, an annual celebration of the equality of women in uh, all areas of human endeavor. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the International Women's Day event in Montreal. Is the spokesperson for women of diverse origins, Tess Tessalona. So, uh, hello, Tess. Hello, and uh, thank you. Okay, could you uh, maybe give us uh, a little, tell us a little bit about your group, first of all. Well, our group uh, is uh, an alliance of uh, different uh, women's groups uh, here in Montreal uh, and uh, including um, uh, organizations um, here at the uh, Women of Diverse Origin I represent the Immigrant Worker Center and we work with uh, PINAI, the Filipino Women's Organization, South Asian Women's Community Center Iranian Women, the Center Against Rape and Incest, uh, and uh, many others, mm-hmm. and uh, diverse uh, also in terms of uh, ethnicity, um, political um, uh, perspective, and uh, age. So mm-hmm. that's why we are the women of diverse origins. Okay. I'm wondering, given uh, the the, the significance of uh, Women's Day, uh, if your group approaches it a little differently given the uh, the, the unique uh, characteristics of, of people who come from um, various ethnic backgrounds? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we really uh, had a start because we wanted to um, uh, highlight the uh, issues that affect uh, women uh, uh, from the uh, marginalized groups, uh, but also to link the issues that uh, women uh, from here faces uh, to the global issues. Uh, because, uh, as you know, um, most of what happens in the countries where we come from are not necessarily uh, in the media or in public consciousness. Could you talk so, about some of them? Uh, well, for example, uh, our group uh, is united on on the basis of uh, the anti-imperialist perspective, and and so as a result of that, the impact that happens, for example, when mining corporations uh, 
are in in the countries where we come from the the um, impact uh, socioeconomic as well as uh, environmental degradation, for example, uh, and um, linking that to the uh, policies that uh, the Canadian government um, is um, is working on, for example, uh, the uh, government of today is uh, just relying on the uh, mining on the extractive industry voluntarily policing themselves and so we know what happens with that uh, and also uh, results of these kinds of policies uh, brings more poverty to the countries where we come from and as a result of that uh, is the phenomenon that of migration Okay. And here, when we find ourselves uh, in in Canada, for example, because here we are, we are a source of cheap labor and um, so easily uh, ex- exploitable. Uh, and at the same time, once again, uh, the uh, the government has just reformed immigration, which we think will have a devastating effect. Uh, in the future of immigrants that are coming here, uh, and those who are already here would also be impacted tremendously. Very fascinating. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what you have planned uh, to to mark International Women's Day? Uh, we uh, every year we do a uh, conference uh, and a march. Uh, so our conference uh, already was done last Sunday, March 4, uh, and uh, the march will be like uh, every year during the day of uh, International Women's Day, March 8. And we will be uh, starting uh, at 6 from um, Place Norman Bethune here uh, downtown Montreal, and uh, we'll... Uh, go through uh, the uh, main streets of downtown. Okay. Now, uh, could you maybe give us some indication of some of the speakers uh, at the event uh, or or special guests? Um, Some of the speakers, particularly uh, one hot topic, is the uh, students... um, um, opposition to the hike and tuition fee. So one speaker will come from that. Uh, there will be speakers that will uh, talk about, um, for example, the issue of uh, uh, what happens in the Middle East, uh, the, the different... Uh, well, now you know that it's very difficult the situation of uh, women there and and society in general Uh, and uh, also about we're we're campaigning about uh, Canada to sign the uh, latest ILO uh, convention for domestic worker so that's that's also on the topic Uh, and um, uh, because you know it's it's very cold, so we will keep our march uh, to um, not too long, 
and uh, and of course every year uh, the uh, First Nations women also are there to speak about their issue. Well, it sounds like you have a very diverse cultural event planned. So, uh, want to thank you very much for sharing those detailed with details with us. Is there a, a a website or some other resource people can turn to for more information? Uh, yes, please visit our website, the Women of Diverse Origin. You can uh, Google it, and um, you will see the links to the different groups that are part of our uh, um, alliance. And we are also one of the founding groups for the uh, International Women's Alliance, which uh, is an internationally, uh, which is, has also will do an internationally coordinated uh, launch of of the poster for for this year's uh, celebration of 101 Women's Day anniversary. Uh, anniversary. Tess Tessalona, thank you very much for being our guest on Alert. Thank you very much. Alert has been speaking with Tess Tessalona. She is the spokesperson for Women of Diverse Origins, uh, who are organizing a Women's Day event in Montreal. Hi, this is Mitch Panolik. This is Music is a Weapon. And this week's show is about something I really don't like at all, and that's nuclear power. Some people might look at me and say, well, he's a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur. Personally, I, I'd rather be known as a chicken. Here is Waldy with Hot Rock. boarded a boat in a border town. It was the only job I found. Running Hot Rocks to the USA. On a reef and over she reared Lying in a shallow resting place Now there's hot rocks filling the bay And that was for the fishing they say Lying in the stillness The memory fades Stillness all around Lying in the stillness 
like they're sleeping But hard rocks never break down A farmer's swear As only farmers can You can't I've already learned that if you don't play with fire, you won't get burned. I'm concerned for what we leave. Hot rocks up the dealer's sleeve, and the cards are passed around. But hot rocks never break down. Now this man swears, as only this man can. He'll have me well guarded by night and by day With the soldiers on land and with sailors at sea No one can tame me, I'll be restless, I warn If he tries to lock me in his house down in Cairn Tooraloo, I cripple and maim and cause death and decay Such a beautiful country I see all around Where people and flowers and fishes abound 
I'll change the tall scene in five seconds, I warn If I once escape from that house down in Cairn Toorelay I'll cripple and maim and cause death and decay I'll poison all children and I'll poison your dog I'll poison all creatures and Lancian bog I'll devastate Ireland from Killarney to Larne If I once escaped from that house down in Cairn Toorelay Toorelay I'll cripple and maim and cause death and decay I know of three sources called wind, rain and sun Powerful are they, but they're also great fun Treat them with respect and they'll do you no harm They'll work for you free every day down in Cairn Toorelay They won't cripple or maim or cause death or decay So to all you good people I'll make the strong plea Go tell your minister to let me go free If you don't try to use me I'll do you no harm So don't let him lock me in his house Down in Cairn Toorelay I'll cripple and maim and cause death and decay Toorelay that was Irish folk singer Christy Moore with Nuke Power. Before that, Fred Hellerman from the Weavers with I'm Standing Outside of Your Shelter. And to kick off was Valdi with Hot Rocks. Utah Phillips is going to tell us a story next. It's about being a kid and watching the airplanes take off in the military field behind the house and disappear off into the wild blue yonder. One of them was an airplane called the Enola Gay. And many of you will remember that the Enola Gay was the airplane that dropped the first bomb on the human beings in a city called Hiroshima. And Utah has written this amazing song about the Enola Gay. Look out, look out. From your schoolroom window Look up, young children, from your play Wave your hand at the shining airplane Such a beautiful sight is in Gay. It's many a mile from the Utah desert To Tanian Island far away A standing guard by the barbed wire fences that hide the secret of Enola Gay High above the clouds In the sunlit silence So peaceful here I'd like to stay But there's many a pilot Who would swap his pension For a chance to fly Enola Gay What is that sound High above my city I rush outside and search the sky Now we are running to find the shelters The air raid sirens start to cry What will I say when my children ask me Where was I flying upon that day? With trembling voice I gave the order To the bombardier 
of an old gay. Look out, look out from your schoolroom window. Look up, young children, from your play. Your bright young eyes will turn to ashes in the blinding light of Enola Gay. I turn to see the fireball rising. My God, my God, all I can say. I hear a voice within me crying. My mother's name was Enola Gay. Look out, look out from your schoolroom window. Look up, young children, from your play. How oh, when you see those war planes flying, each one is named in old again. Just a little rain, just a little rain. What have they done to the rain? Just a little boy standing in the rain. The gentle rain that falls for years and the grass. As the breeze blows by Just a little breeze With some smoke in its eye What have they done to the rain? Just a little boy Standing in the rain The gentle rain that falls for years Disappears and rain keeps falling like helpless tears. And what have they done to the rain? And what have they done to the rain? That was Joan Baez with What Have They Done to the Rain? Before that, Utah Phillips, the golden voice of the great Southwest, singing a song he wrote about the Anola Gay. That's it for this week, folks. I'm Mitch Pollock. Solidarity. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for being with us. We'll be here next week at this time. If you would like to send us a comment, write to alert at canadiandimension.com. To hear this show again or to hear any of our past shows, go to the Canadian Dimension website at 
CanadianDimension.com and select Alert. The show is also podcast on rabble.ca. The executive producer of Alert is Canadian Dimension publisher Saigonic. Technical producers are Tommy Allen and Michael Welch. Alert headlines by Ben Wood. Around the Left by Ashley Titterton. Music is the Weapon by Mitch Podolik with technical production by Andrew Valpe. I'm Michael Welch. Alert Radio is a production of Canadian Dimension magazine. Thank you.